Chapter Three of Bill Bidden Trapper. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Bill Bidden Trapper by Edward Sylvester Ellis. Chapter Three The Trapper's Story. I was aroused from my slumber before it was yet light by Bidden shaking me and calling in my ear come you chaps you've only got two minutes to swallow your feed in nat was already moving about and i sprang to my feet determined to continue in my friend's good graces if such a thing were possible by a cheerful acquiescence in all his reasonable wishes our fire was kindled a hasty breakfast swallowed and just as the sun made its appearance above the prairie we moved off toward the north long before noon we reached the platte and forded it at the point where fort grattan now stands the platte during the winter months is a boisterous stream of great width but in summer it is very shallow from which circumstance it derives its name and at the dry season it almost ceases running and dwindles down to an innumerable number of stagnant pools as it was now the summer season we walked over without more than merely wetting our shoes the oregon trail follows the northern shore of this stream to washington territory or to what was oregon at the time of which i write leaving the platte we shaped our course toward the northwest so as to strike the southern spur of the black hills from biddon's conversation i found that his destination was the neighborhood of the headwaters of the tongue or powder river which have their canyons in the black hills as he allowed his horse to proceed upon a moderate walk we had no trouble in keeping him company we generally started at the first indication of morning halting now and then to slake our thirst in the numerous streams which cross our path and resting an hour at noon at sunset we struck camp upon some small stream cooked our evening meal spent an hour or two in smoking and conversation and turned in for the night the country over which we now journeyed was much better timbered than any through which we had yet passed for an entire day after crossing the platte we met with thousands of the ash elm walnut and cottonwood trees the bark of the latter i was surprised to observe was greatly relished by the trapper's horse he often preferring it to the rich succulent grass which so abounds in this region besides this there were signs of the buffalo antelope and hundreds of other animals one night we halted upon the bank of a large stream some miles north of the platte which emptied into the missouri it was quite broad and rapid and near the center of the channel a small sandy island was visible we passed over this while fording the stream and i noticed that biddon walked around it and surveyed several spots with more than common interest i did not question him then but at night when we were stretched before the fire with our soothing pipes i ventured the inquiry i seed sights on that chunk of mud one time said he with a dark frown what was it what was it asked nat eagerly here's as what don't like to think of that time Oof, he answered seeming still unwilling to refer to it why not i asked beginning to partake of nat's curiosity it makes a feller's blood bile but howsomever he added brightening up if you wants to hear it you can we do by all means please give it 
Yes, that a war a time a general wiping out, and this year water that now looks as black as a wolf's mouth run red that night. It were nigh on ten year ago that it happened. I was down in Westport one day in the summer when a feller slapped me on the shoulder and asked me if I wanted a job. I told him I didn't care much, but if he's a mind to fork over, and it wasn't desperate hard, and too much like work, I's his man. He said as how there were a lot of fellers camped out on the prairie, as were going to start for Oregon, and as wanted a guide, and hearing me spoken on as something astronomy, why, he liked to know if I wouldn't go. He'd make the pay all right. I cut around the stump a while, and at last cluded to go. I went out into the prairie and seed the company. They were men, women, and children, especially the last ones. I see they wanted a good watching, and I kind of hinted they'd find trouble afore they'd reach Oregon. There weren't many folks tramping these parts then, and them as did go had to make up their minds to see fight and hair-raising. Bearers and beavers they did. The reds were the same then as all over. After you get clear of the state, and no fellow's how wore his own till he'd lost it. We started the next day and struck the plaque afore night. There were twenty good men, and I made half of em stand watch that night just to get their hands in. In course they didn't see nothing, except one straddling chap, like this feller yer that's called Nat. He said as Harry seed wonders he did, and there were a hundred reds crawling round the camp all night. We went pretty slow, as it weren't best to hurry the teams, but we hadn't been two days on the way afore the fools got into the all-firedest scrabble I ever seed. I don't know what it came about, but it was so big they split company, and part of them crossed over and camped on t'other side of the plat. I told them they'd see stars pretty soon, if they didn't splice again, but there's two rearing to do it, and I said, if they's a mind to be such fools, they mought be for all me and I'd let em go on alone. Howsomever the smallest party hung on for me not to leave em, and I cluded to stay with em, as I know pretty well they'd need me all the time. The biggest company as had crossed the plat kept on by it, and so the others said they'd leave it and cut across for Oregon. I told em this was the best way, and so we left em. Them I were with were a heap the smallest, and had but three or four men and five or six women and children. What made things look worse, I seed signs when we parted, and I know pretty well the red smelt what were going on. And about a dozen times in the afternoon I could see em off on the prairies stealing lawn and dodging through cover. I knowed that the imps were following us, seeing the other were a heap more powerful than us. Things got so dubbersome afore night, I said to the men, if they take the advice of a feller as knowed what he were about, they turn round and never stop till they cotch the others. For if they didn't, they cotch it that night. Reds were about them as thick as flies. They said, how, if I's fraid, I might go back. But as for them, they'd go through fire and blazes, for they would. I felt riled enough at this to leave em, and I would if it hadn't been for them poor women. They looked so sorrowful. I made up my mind to stick to em for their sake. We reached the stream just as it were growing dark, and the reds had got so sassy that five or six of em stood a little ways off and watched us. This scarred the women and men, and they asked me what were to be done. The women cried and wanted to coax the injuns up to give em something to get their good will, 
but they were cross and sulky and didn't say much after some talk and a heap of crying we cluded to camp on that piece of sand in the river the teams were drawn over and we followed the water was some deeper now and it took us a long time to land but we got over at last as soon as we were clean over i commenced fixing up things for the reds we didn't build no fire but put the teams together near the middle and the women inside em there were four men without me and i set em round the place to watch for sign and made em all squat flat down in the mud close to the water and told em to blaze away at anything they seed if it were a beaver or otter and gave em particular orders not to wink both eyes at a time i seed they scarish and they weren't no danger of that snoozing on watch i was pretty certain the reds would come some of their tricks and come down the river so i went up to the upper part of the thing and laid in the mud myself to watch for em i knowed too they wouldn't be bout for pretty late so i took a short nap as i laid in the mud when i woke up the moon was up in the sky and the river had risen so my pegs were in the water i flapped out but didn't see nothing yet i sneaked down round by t'other fellers and found em all wide awake and they said too as how they hadn't seen nothing except the river were getting higher which they kind of thought the injuns might have done just as i were going back i heard some of the prettiest singing in the world first i thought it were an injun if it hadn't been so nice then i cluded it must be an angel i listened and found it came from the wagons i crept up and see two little girls all alone close by the wagons a singing something shoot me if it didn't make me feel watery to see them the moon was shining down through the flying clouds right out on them they sat with their arms round each other and were bareheaded and if i hadn't known them i'd swore they were angels sure i asked what they were singing for and they said the injuns were going to come after them that night and they were singing to their mother in heaven to keep em away shoot me when one of em throwed her little white arms around my neck and kissed my ugly meat trap i couldn't stand it i went up to my place again and led down in the mud it was getting colder and the wind coming up drew the white clouds for the moon making it all black but when it come out again i see something coming down the river that looked like a log i dug down deeper into the mud and set my peepers on it for i knowed that was something else there too it came right on and struck the mud a little ways from me i didn't stir except to kind of loose my knife the log stuck a minute and then swung round and went down the river i knowed the boys would see it and i didn't leave my place thinking as how this were only sent down to see what we'd do i were looking for other things when i heard a noise in the water and shoot me if a sneaking red didn't come up out of the water and commence crawling well, while the girls were singing just a little fodder in the fire i sprang up and threw on some faggots and then seated myself and anxiously awaited the rest of his story he put away his pipe filled his mouth with tobacco and after several annoying delays resumed there wa'n't no time to lose i crept long behind him mighty sly and afore he knowed it come down spank onto him i didn't make no noise nor he either i just grabbed his gullet and finished him with my knife i then crawled back again and shoot me if i didn't see forty logs coming down on us the river were full of em 
I jumped up and hollered to the other fellows to look out they came up aside me and stood ready But it weren't no use for we knowed it. I seed over 40 of them alongside us We blazed into them and went to using our knives, but I knowed it wouldn't do They set up a yell and pitched for their wagons while about a dozen went at us the first thing I knowed the whole four boys were down and their hair raised and the women screeching murder it made me desperate and i reckon i'd done some tall work that night most these beauty spots on my mug came from that scrimmage i seed a red dart by me with that little girl that was singing and cutched a dead red's gun and let drive at him but the guns weren't loaded and so the devil ran off with her the oxes were bellering and the horses snorting and the tomahawks stopping the women's screams the redskins were howling and yellowing like all mad and as I got some big cuts and knocks I cluded it best to move quarters So I made a jump for the stream took a long dive and swam for the shore I come up bout where you're sitting and made a heap of tracks for daylight come And did you never hear anything of the children captured upon that night? I never seed him again, but I come across a chap at Fort Laramie when I went down again What said he seen a gal mang some redskins up in these parts? And I've thought perhaps it might have been one of them and again it mightn't Did you say that all happened out there asked Nat jerking his thumb toward the island mentioned without turning his face I Reckon I did bet. There's a lot of Injuns there now exclaimed he turning his head in that direction Just as like not returned Bidden with a sly look at me I'm going to sleep then and rolling himself up in his buffalo blanket all but his feet disappeared from view It's bad time to snooze I think remarked the trapper in a lower tone turning toward me I think so, but I suppose there need be no apprehension of molestation from Injuns need there Bidden looked at me a moment then one side of his mouth expanded into a broad grin and he quietly remarked times are different from what they used to are Bidden said I after a moment's silence before we saw you we camped upon one side of a stream while you were upon the other Now I do not suppose you would willfully harm a stranger But since I have met you I have a great desire to know why you fired that shot at Nat You supposed we were Indians I presume a quiet smile illumined the trappers swarthy visage and after waiting a moment He answered the way on it were this I seed you and Nat camping there, and I spected you were going to tramp these parts. I watched you a while, and I was going to sing out for you to come over. Then said I, Bidden you dog, ain't there a chance to give them a powerful scare? First I drawed bead on you, but when that Nat jumped up, I let fly at him, and he kaflummet splendid. Howsomever, it's time to snooze, and I'm in for it. With this, we wrapped our blankets around us and in a few moments were asleep on a clear summer morning we sailed out upon the broad open prairie again the trapper now struck a direction nearly due northwest toward the black hills and we proceeded with greater speed than before the face of the country began to change materially vast groves of timber met the eye and the soil became rich and productive at noon we encountered the most immense drove of buffalo that I ever witnessed They were to the west of us and proceeding in a southern direction 
cropping the grass clean as they went far away as far as the vision could reach nothing but a sea of black moving bodies could be distinguished i mounted a small knoll to ascertain the size of the drove but only gained a clearer idea of their enormous number the whole western horizon from the extreme northwest to the southwest was occupied solely by them and nothing else met the eye they were not under way and yet the whole mass was moving slowly onward the head buffaloes would seize a mouthful of grass and then move on a few feet and grasp another those behind did the same and the whole number were proceeding in this manner this constant change of their position gave an appearance to them as viewed from my standing point similar to the long heaving of the sea after a violent storm it was a truly magnificent spectacle we approached within a short distance they were more scattered upon the outside and with a little trouble the trapper managed to insinuate himself among them his object was to drive off a cow which had a couple of half-grown calves by her side but they took the alarm too soon and rushed off into the drove we then prepared to bring down one apiece i selected an enormous bull and sighted for his head i approached nigh enough to make my aim sure and fired the animal raised his head his mouth full of grass and glaring at me a moment gave snort of alarm and plunged headlong away into the droves at the same instant i heard nat's rifle beside me and a moment after that of the trapper this gave the alarm to the herd those near us uttered a series of snorts and dropping their bushy heads bowled off at a terrific rate the motion was rapidly communicated to the others and in a few seconds the whole eastern side was rolling simultaneously onward like the violent countercurrent of the sea the air was filled with such a vast cloud of dust that the sun's light was darkened and for a time it seemed we should suffocate we remained in our places for over an hour when the last of these prairie monsters thundered by a strong wind carried the dust off to the west and we were at last in clear air again yet our appearance was materially changed for a thin veil of yellow dust had settled over and completely enveloped us and we were like walking figures of clay i looked away in the direction of the herd expecting to see my buffalo's lifeless form but was considerably chagrined at my disappointment as was also nat at his the trapper's was a dozen yards from where it had been struck "'Pears to me,' he said with a sly smile, "'I hear new dogs bark, but I don't see nothing of no buffaloes, oh?' "'I hit mine,' I answered quickly. "'I am sure of it.' "'Whereabouts?' "'In the head, plump and square.' "'Where'd you sight yourn, Greenie?' "'Just back of the horns, and I hit him too. "'If he hasn't dropped before this, "'I'll bet he'll have the headache for a week.' "'Bars and beavers, you.' Them bufflers don't mind your shots more nor a couple of hailstones. Do you see where I picked mine? asked the trapper, pulling the buffalo's foreleg forward and disclosing the track of the bullet behind it. Isn't a shot in the head fatal? I asked in astonishment. You might hit em there with a cannonball, and they'd get up and run again, and if you'd pepper em all day, where you did yawn, you'd pick the bullets out their hair and they wouldn't mind it. This I afterward found to be true no shot however well aimed can reach the seat of life in the buffalo through the head unless it enter the eye bare front
the trapper's buffalo was thrown forward upon his face his legs bent beneath him and dressed after the usual fashion he was in good condition and we had a rich feast upon his carcass the trapper selected a few choice portions from the inside relished only by himself and cutting several huge pieces for future use the rest was left for the beasts of prey we proceeded but a few miles further and encamped upon the banks of the dry fork this is a small stream a few miles south of the black hills there was but a foot or two of sluggish water and in the hot season it was often perfectly dry here for the first time i was made aware of the changeable character of the climate in this latitude the weather thus far had been remarkably clear and fine and at noon we found the weather sometimes oppressively warm toward night the wind veered round to the northwest and grew colder at nightfall when we kindled our fire the air was so chilly and cutting that nat and i were in a shiver had it not been for our blankets we should have suffered considerably though bidden did not call his into requisition there were a number of cottonwood trees near at hand which served partly to screen us from the blast after our evening meal had been cooked bidden remarked the fire must go out boys why do you apprehend danger i asked don't know as i do i ain't seed the signs but we're getting into parts where we've got to be somewhat skeerish i suppose it's about time for the indians to come remarked nat interrogatively with a look of fear toward the trapper they're about these parts min jack javin once got into a scrimmage here with them when we didn't spect it and just cause we let our fire burn while we snoozed i'd seen signs though then and wanted to put it out but he wa not afeard let's have ours out then exclaimed nat excitedly springing up and scattering the brands around needn't mind about that it'll go out soon enough as nat reseated himself bidden continued you see jarsey them reds kin smell a white man's fire a good way off and on such a night as this if they're bout they'll be bound to give him a call you needn't be afeard howsomever to snooze cause they won't be bout it was too cold to enjoy our pipes and we all bundled up for the night's rest in a few moments i heard the trapper's deep breathing and shortly after nat joined him in sleep but i found it impossible to get to sleep myself the ground was so cold that my blanket could not protect me and the cutting wind was terrible i used every means that i could devise but it was of no use and i feared i should be compelled to either build the fire again or to continue walking all night to prevent freezing to death i chose the latter expedient it was quite dark yet i had noticed our situation well enough i judged not to lose it so grasping my blanket in my hand i started on a rapid run directly over the prairie i continued a long distance until pretty well exhausted i turned to retrace my steps my blood was warming with this exercise and i hurried forward counting upon sound sleep for the remainder of the night i continued my run for a full half hour and then stopped in amazement as i saw no signs of my companions thinking i must have passed the spot where they were lying i carefully walked back again but still without discovering the men i had lost them in the darkness and it was useless to hunt them at night so i concluded to wait till morning feeling sure that they could be at no great distance i now commenced searching for a suitable place for myself 
and at last hit upon a small depression in the prairie there was a large stone embedded in the earth on one side which served to protect me from the chilling wind as i nestled down beside this such a feeling of warmth and comfort came over me that i congratulated myself upon what at first seemed a misfortune lying thus just on the verge of sleep my nerves painfully alive to the slightest sound i suddenly felt a trembling of the ground at first it seemed a dream but as i became fully awake i started in terror and listened i raised my head but heard no sound and still in the most perplexing wonder sank down again hoping it would shortly cease but there was a steady regular increase and presently i distinguished millions of faint tremblings like the distant mutterings of thunder gradually these grew plainer and more distinct and finally i could distinguish sounds like the tread of innumerable feet upon the prairie still at a loss to account for this strange occurrence i listened every nerve in my body strung to its highest tension still louder and louder grew the approaching thunder and every second the jar of earth became more perceptible suddenly the truth flashed upon me a herd of buffaloes were approaching terror for an instant held me dumb when i realized this awful danger my first resolve was to rush forth and warn nat and bidden but i reflected that they must have been awakened ere this and that i could do nothing to ward off the peril which threatened all alike springing to my feet I paused a second to collect my tumultuous thoughts Could I reach the timber I could ascend a tree and be beyond danger But I knew not what direction to take and there was no time to spare To remain still was to be trampled to death to rush away could save me but a few moments longer God of heaven what a death Louder and louder grew the thundering tread of the animals and I stood like a madman the cold sweat pouring off me tormented by a thousand agonizing thoughts and expecting death each moment nearer and nearer came the rattle of the clamping hoofs and i stood rooted to the spot sinking on my knees i implored mercy of the one who could give it in this moment of dire necessity and while on my knees the means of preservation presented itself strange i exclaimed breathing deeply that i did not think of it before I have said that I was in a sort of depression or hollow in the earth and that a large stone was embedded on one side Now a safer and more secure shelter could not have been found in this emergency I wrapped my blanket around me and crept as far beneath it as I could and I was saved a Few minutes later and a large body plunged headlong over me with the rapidity of lightning followed instantly by another and another and I knew the herd were thundering past For a long time I lay there beneath these thousands of feet one of which would have been sufficient to kill me The incessant crackling of their hoofs the rattling of their horns sounded like the discharge of musketry Once a ponderous body tumbled over the rock which sheltered me and I caught sight of a dark writhing bellowing mass and the next instant it regained its feet and disappeared it must have been an hour that I lay there ere the last animal leaped over me Then I looked up and saw the stars shining overhead My joy at the sight of those glittering orbs cannot be expressed. I Arose to my feet and looked about me It was too dark to discern objects 
yet I could hear the rapidly retreating footfalls of the herd in the distance, and I knew I had been saved from a frightful death. Sinking to the earth, I offered a sincere prayer of gratitude to the Almighty for his miraculous preservation of my life. End of chapter 3